You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. <laughs> It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Ah, baseball season, gentlemen. Baseball season has arrived. Tomorrow, Twins, Indians, opening day at Target Field, and we're going to be at Kieran's Irish Pub. Not only us, Mackie and Judd with Rami and Jonathan, but uh, noon to 6 o'clock, a special two-hour episode of Touch Em All. Dave St. Peter's going to join us at 1 o'clock. And uh, Matthew Collar, Scornorth Live from 2 o'clock until 4 o'clock. So come hang out with us and uh, come uh, come cheers a beer with us. When, maybe after the game when we're... If the game goes quickly, you can come and see the end of I'm our sorry, show. I'm sorry, what'd you just say? If the game goes quickly. You don't think that's going to happen? Okay. There's still baseball, right? Okay. All right. Mr. Negative. <laughs> I'm, ge- I'm guessing that we can all walk back across... Josh looks the- over his glasses. I'm, uh, I'm guessing we can all walk across the street and watch the end of that tilt tomorrow <laughs> after our show is done. It's probably true. Is Boreo, say, uh, a slow worker, a fast worker? What's his pace on the mound? Uh, it kind of depends on... Like, his pace is quick, but sometimes he gets a little walk-happy. Okay. So if he starts walking, guys, then... All right. But he's he's a snappy, you know. He, he gets up there and he's ready to rock. When he's I, not Mark Burley, but he's. I worked uh, post game duty for a long time down in Milwaukee, and my favorite players were always the guys who got the ball and threw it. And oh, my yeah. least favorite guys were the human rain delays oh. that would just get it and stare at the catcher for ten minutes and then be like, yeah. "Okay, I'll throw that pitch." <laughs> and there's more and more of those guys, unfortunately. <laughs> One of the great target field games of all time, Burley v Pavano. Was that? It was right before a, a, a massive or like, tornadoes ripped Sat- through. Saturday night, weather is coming in. It's going to be bad. They got done in 2.02, is that right? Very quickly, yeah. It was fantastic. Wasn't that a day game? It was like a 6 o'clock start. Was it? Okay. And and the weather arrived at like, I don't know, eight fifty nine o'clock. Yeah. But those guys got through that game, and it was just magnificent. Yeah, I, I imagine it's the same thing for like a columnist or a beat writer who covers baseball. Like your your best friend is outs. You're just you're you're rooting for outs. Yeah, but I've always said I've said this. I used to cover the Twins beat for three or four years, and there was always guys in the press box who shall go nameless. Who <clears throat> Lavelle? No, I'm just kidding. Um, who, like, <laughs> who would constantly? Oh God! Like extra innings or oh God! Like you guys. We're getting paid to watch a baseball game right now. Let's not make it sound like life or death there's if the game goes to next to 30 minutes. There's, like, ba- there's bars awaiting. Those bars will still be there. Okay? And when you're hosting or producing a post-game show, like we'd, we'd be on for two hours after the game was you. over. So if there was, like, if there was an 11 or 12 or, God forbid, 13, 14-inning game, I was, first of all, sitting there in the studio watching it, not at my house, until God knows when, and then... <laughs> I'm on the air until the middle of the night, and you know nobody's listening. You're talking to yourself until two or three in the morning, and then you got to make the commute back home. It's oh, just such a rough life. It is so terrible. It is. Then you got to get in your car, put the keys in the yeah. ignition, start oh, the car up, and drive back home. Now I have the push button ignition. So Apologies to oh. so those of you listening who hate your jobs <laughs> and want to stab both these guys. Guys in the eye are with a digging pencil. ditches, and Rami's like that. Brewers post game <laughs> show broke me. 
get broke. Here. Can't tell you how many times. It was a grind, man. <laughs> Shaved 10 years off my life. <laughs> man, those brewers. <laughs> I've got I've got the Twins 25-man roster in front of me here if you uh, gentlemen want to. I'm just going to speed through it. Yeah, and let's then go. Let's go through uh, what do you think the weak spots are? What do you think the strengths are for the Twins here? Okay, so outfielders, Byron Buxton, Eddie Rosario, Max Kepler, Jake Cave, and uh, I guess Marwin Gonzalez is kind of an outfielder. He's a utility guy, so we'll put him in that mix. Infielders, C.J. Crone, Jonathan Scope, Jorge Polanco, Ari Adrianza, Tyler Austin. Catchers, Jason Castro, Mitch Garver, Williams Astadio, who's, again, he's a utility guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, D.H. Nelson Cruz, starting pitchers. There's four of them on the opening day roster because they have off days. Barrios, Gibson, Odorizzi, and Michael Pineda. And then relief pitchers, Martin Perez, who will eventually move into the starting, starting pitcher location, realm. Yeah. Blake Parker, Trevor May, Taylor Rogers, Ryan Harper is going to make his Major League debut at some point if he gets into a game. Trevor Hildenberger and Adalberto Mejia. Your thoughts? How does that strike you? Um, lineup wise, lots of power. Mm-hmm. I expect I expect lots of uh, taters from the Twins <laughs> to, har- harken ba- to harken back to uh, the Tuesday show. Lots of yard Collar. sales. Lots of yards. Where, where did he get yard? Where did Wetmore get yard sales? I don't know. A yard That's sale. A baseball guy too. A yard sale, if I'm not mistaken, is, is like a bench clearing brawl in hockey, right? Yeah. Where there's gloves, helmets, sticks. Pop off. Yeah. But where did Mister Baseball get yard sale from? Uh, no. I liked mashed potatoes. That was pretty good. Mashed potatoes. Now, and where did that come from? Because taters. taters. No, I know, but potatoes. mashing taters, I get mashed potatoes. Whatever. Yeah. All right, power, power. So yeah. I for I foresee a lot of power with with this. Uh, my biggest concern would probably be right now the bullpen, because I think the starting rotation it doesn't it doesn't wow me, but I like the top, or at least Brios, and I think Gibson's okay. So I would say I expect power from the lineup, but I am very curious to see, and, and I might be wrong here, but just with the names that you went through, I'm very curious to see how the bullpen fares, especially early on. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, the the bullpen thing's hard because you look at these guys and you're like, well, there's it's not five Craig Kimbrels, you know, it's a it's Trevor May, and it's what these- was the year at, at the Dome, Phil? This might have been this was when you were a kid, but there was one year the Twins came out of spring training, and I think it was the year that they signed a veteran bullpen guy by the name of Mike Jackson. Oh yeah, two thousand one. And there was like everyone's like, this bullpen's awful. It's going to be just horrendous, yeah. and it ended up being pretty good. Yeah. So that that can be the one weird thing is is I, I think the hardest thing to predict at times are bullpens. Well, here's the league just real quick, and then Rami's thoughts uh, on the twenty five man. So the league average reliever in 2018, according to Fangraphs.com, struck out a batter per inning, so nine strikeouts per nine innings, which if you go back like 50 years ago, go back to the Lefty Grove days, right? The Go back to the, 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 yeah, the big train. Walter Johnson was striking out five batters per nine, and he was a strikeout pitcher back in the day. So baseball has evolved to where even the league average reliever is getting a strikeout per inning. And an ERA right around four, so so four. You'd think, oh, that's a, you know, four. That's a that's a like solid. Like you could stay in the big leagues with a four ERA, right? Well, that's now the the average reliever is four ERA and a strikeout per inning. And so if you if the, what what we and home run hitters have have been this way too. Where oh, guy hits twenty home runs, he must be a power hitter. Yeah, but like everyone hits twenty home runs now. We have to sort of adjust our baseline for what we think a good pitcher is. Oh, he gets a strikeout in an inning. 
Yep, everybody. He's does. an average pitcher, right? Yeah, everybody does it. And and I I have the same questions, concerns, doubts about the bullpen that Judd does. But I got I got a good feeling on it, and I I can't definitively say that we'll be wrong about the bullpen, and it'll be a lot better than than what we're projecting or or predicting it to be. But because we don't have the data, we don't have the track record on paper and and in front of our eyes to say that they will be better. But just going off what I've heard from Twins camp since I've gotten here to Minnesota about Rocco Baldelli, Wes Johnson, the coaching staff as a whole, the, the, the system that they've implemented and put in place to have to have the information delivered from the analytics department to the actual pitchers and the players themselves. I like everything that I'm hearing about the way that they're doing that. And just Rocco Baldelli in general mm-hmm. as a manager and the way that he relates and connects to players that I think that's going to have a major positive impact on not just the bullpen, but on the pitching staff as a whole. I think that you, you look around major league baseball and I think the Astros and Justin Verlander are the best and most high profile example of this that was a guy who looked like he was on his last legs mm-hmm. in Detroit and they got him into Houston and they started working with him on a lot of the stuff that we're hearing about here in Minnesota with the biomechanics and the the analytics of when you should throw what pitch and where you should throw it to certain guys and it gave him not just second life but made him a frontline starter again he went from being on his last leg to being a frontline starter and the guy who sort of steered them to a World Series championship and has been at the top of that rotation ever since. I think more so than in hitting and pitching, you can, you see the impact and the change that analytics and biomechanics can have on 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 a guy and on the staff as a whole. And I'm not I'm not going to say that Derek Falvey was 100 percent responsible for Corey Kluber. He might have been two percent responsible for Corey Kluber, but in Derek Falvey's mind. And in reality, he was he was one of the internal pitching gurus with the Cleveland Indians when they traded for a struggling minor league pitcher named Corey Kluber, pointed out a few things in his mechanics and his pitch selection, and vaulted him into Cy Young status. And he's I mean, he's having a Hall of Fame run of like five years. We'll see if he can carry it through his mid thirties. And so if you're Derek Falvey and you're thinking, Well, wait a second, I mean, we turned a no-name double-A guy from San Diego into the best pitcher in the American League for five years. Certainly, I can take Trevor Hildenberger and you know Blake Parker and shave a half run off their ERAs, right? So they've they've clearly chosen. You know, we got some internal arms that they're fine. Let's let's sprinkle some magic dust on them because it would have been very easy to spend five or ten million dollars on a reliever. They spent money elsewhere this offseason and they chose not to. So, what's the change going to be? And is is this going to be the move from uh, Alston to West Johnson? What's the change going to be with this team that doesn't allow the Presley thing to ha- happen again? Because clearly, he goes to the Astros. Mm-hmm. And and they knew he was good here, but he goes to the Astros and becomes damn dominant. near dominant, right. right? So so is is Wes Johnson that key guy? What's the what's that step now to to put yourself on the other end of that spectrum, where instead of trading a guy, you take that guy or acquire that guy like Kluber, and you say, okay, if you do these three things or two things, it's going to change you from being. Either a struggling pitcher or a good pitcher into a really dominant pitcher. I would say the manager and the pitching coach. But I mean, that I mean, must be the the uh, the 
Johnson Hire, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the West Johnson Hire. You know, think about the Ryan Presley missing link. Yeah. Because it wasn't, it wasn't front office not knowing what the information was. Yep. And actually, you know, cheap plug Glenn Perkins on the first Glenn Perkins show last week, and uh, it'll be back next week and weekly throughout the season. He talked openly about Ryan Presley and how even he said, you know, not to make it about Glenn, but, you know, Glenn said, I would send Ryan Presley texts while injured and rehabbing. Dude, why aren't you throwing your curveball? Throw your curveball. Throw your curveball. And for whatever reason, either either the communication was bad from Paul Molitor, from, from the coaching staff, or Ryan Presley just wasn't in a place that he wanted to hear it from the Twins. And sometimes you go somewhere else and, uh, you know, you got a bunch of new voices and you want to impress and they say, hey, you know, New guy, We've got a couple things that you're really good. A couple things for you to try, and maybe, you know, it's possible that it wasn't any fault of the twins, other than, you know, it's just sort of the same voices Ryan Presley's been hearing for four or five years in some cases, and he needed someone else to say it. But it could have been the way in which it was communicated, and maybe not explaining the why is why Ryan Presley wound up clicking in Houston and not Minnesota. So the biggest question mark on this team, and it's funny, we talk about this a lot with the Vikings and Gary Kubiak and the impact that he could have in terms of improving them without really adding anything to the roster. Mm -hmm. I think the one question mark that we have about this team is mainly the bullpen, but the pitching staff as a whole. And because there weren't a lot of guys of note added to those throughout the offseason, much like we talk about with the Vikings in the offseason, the improvement is going to come from coaching and from within and getting more out of the players that are already here. Yeah. And I think it's very possible. Like I said, we see it around Major League Baseball, the impact that analytics departments and biomechanics can have on a pitching staff more than any other phase Mm -hmm. of a baseball team. And all indications are, again, we won't know this until we see proof of it, but all Mm -hmm. indications are that from Falvey and Levine down to Baldelli and Wes Johnson, that the information is being gathered and relayed in a way that's that's more efficient and more effective yeah. than it has been before. And and Rami, because that's the strategy they're going with, which is, hey, we're going to raise the water level internally. We're mm-hmm. going to these guys are going to get better. The prospects are going to turn out and pan out because that's the hope that they're selling. It's understandable why Twins fans, who've seen mostly the opposite for like ten years, why Twins fans are sort of resisting a little bit. Why they're saying, okay, all right, we've. We've already seen this play out with prospects who've flamed out or went to other organizations and hit their 25 home runs like Aaron Hicks and Carlos Gomez. And, uh, and, and you know, it's, it's been a long time since the Twins have been able to say, here's a collection of players that you might not otherwise have known much about, and we've made them awesome and household names. Mm-hmm. That happened all the time in the early 2000s. And until it happens, it's all talk. For and, sure. I, and, and I don't blame Twins fans for being weary of that because that's just human nature. You get burned so many times, and at, at some point you say, okay, put up or shut up, and I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Are there any more cliches I can jam in here? <laughs> it's a lot of fatigue, Rami. It really is. Yeah. It's a lot of fatigue. Give 110%, okay? You won't be fatigued then. leave it all out on the field, man. I exactly. leave it all out on the field. <laughs> I'm going to take a nap here. Hold on. We, we could use a nap. I'm going to leave it all on the field with uh, in other news. Coming up next. I'm giving him Mackie. mine. He's giving me his because he's, he's like, I got so many. I was like, oh, I, that's okay. You take mine. <laughs> I have so, so many stories for in other news. My cup every week runneth over of, with stupidity. You've got a backlog. That's oh, another okay. cliche. My cup runneth <laughs> over. Congratulations. I didn't think you could do it. Thank you. Uh, quick, quick plug. Uh, speaking of touch them all, a couple things. Number one, we have um, an amazing list of twin shows, if we may say so ourselves, with touch them all a couple times a week, five thoughts. 
the Glenn Perkins Show. And we're going to have another show that we release next week. You can subscribe to all of them by just searching Score North Twins wherever you find podcasts, whether it's Apple or Spotify, or you can also listen to our podcasts on the uh, brand new Score North mobile app or scorenorth.com. Today on Touch Em All, uh, Derek did an awesome job. We did a zero to caught up on the Minnesota Twins for, say, the casual fan or somebody who only checks in when the season's just starting, or maybe you just forgot what moves the uh, the Twins made this offseason because there were so many of them between the coaching changes and players and everything else so we broke it down move by move got you all caught up on the twins and then i explained why i just don't get all this excitement over the cleveland indians i don't see it i don't see what people see in cleveland which is a big part of the reason why i picked the twins to win this division i I need to see the first three games against those three pitchers before i get too bearish on cleveland and and uh pull my stock but I'm, i'm mostly with you in that there's a lot of things that that lineup used to be that you know, isn't the case anymore. They've got two. Once Lindor and Ramirez come back fully healthy, okay, those it's, that's a one-two punch that's tough to you know to match in baseball. But absolutely, all of that on the Score North Twins podcast feed. Hey everyone, it's Matthew Collar. All of our Vikings coverage used to be on 1500ESPN.com. Well, now you can find it at the all-new scorenorth.com. That is S-K-O-R-North.com. That's where you'll find everything from Judd Zolgad's blazing hot takes to Sage Rosenfels' analysis on the Purple Podcast, my coverage on a daily basis of the Vikings, free agency, draft scenarios, interviews with football insiders, everything you want, Purple Daily, the Purple Podcast, Vikings Vent Line. It is all at scorenorth.com. In other news. That's right. Time for In Other News. Mid show, midweek. It's time to take a break from all the hard hitting sports talk we do around here at Score North and give you the odd news from elsewhere in the world, including this story Dateline Melbourne, an appeals court. In Australia. Thank you, big voice guy. We'll have Now you're getting carried away. We'll have to decide, based on a nearly $1.3 million lawsuit filed in 2017 by the former employee of a construction company who refers to his ex-boss as Mr. Stinky. Oh, God. David Hinkst, a 56-year-old former engineer of Melbourne's construction engineering, says supervisor Greg Short would enter Hinkst's small windowless office to fart five or six times a day as part of a larger conspiracy to terminate his employment, the Washington Post reports. Before Higst was eventually laid off, quote, I would be sitting with my face to the wall and he would come into the room, fart behind me and walk away, the engineer says. I may have done it once or twice, maybe, but I can't recall, Short told the Supreme Court of Victoria last year. He said if he had farted on or near Hingst, this was the line they got me. It was not with bad intentions. What are your intentions? If you're farting, on, there are no good intentions in farting on someone. Um, but is uh, on or near both? Oh. According to the plaintiff. Oh, wait, no, no. There's a there's a big difference though between the two of those things. There's oh yeah, big, no, for sure. A, I I worked with a guy who thought it was okay to pass gas at work, but he never he never farted on people. It would just be like all of a sudden you would just hear the explosion. Was someone here at the Star Tribune? It was at the Star Tribune. This is years ago. Is it someone that the people know? No, no, okay. no. And if it was, I still wouldn't say it. But it was not. It's Sid. it was not a well. No, it was well. I mean, it, it might have been Sid, but it was not. But but there's it's a big difference. It's Rand, isn't it? But I, I knew a, Mike Rand was a bandit <laughs> farting guy. But there's a big difference. Rand ball gives it a whole new meaning. There's a big difference though between farting on you know like purposely coming by a person and do, doing it, and and both are bad. 
But there's certainly, it's not the same. Well, Justice Rita Zamet dismissed the suit last April, saying, quote, there was uh, some inappropriate behavior in the office, including passing wind, but that it, quote, would not necessarily amount to bullying. What then is bullying? It's a very creative way of bullying. It's getting farted on as part of a conspiracy to get me removed from my position. Is not bullying. Then what exactly is bullying? And just think I about all, all the particles in the air too. Exactly. You know. No, actually, we found out yesterday that that's mostly just methane gas. There are no. There's unless, no actual particles. Well, I mean, I'm sure for some people they're probably. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So that that whole thing that you gave us on the show. No, about farting ye- yesterday. About farting. Oh, okay. There are okay. no poop particles, but if you go a step beyond that, right? Other news. I don't even want to know. <laughs> I was going to ask a follow-up question, but let's just move on. I'm sorry. Okay. In other news, allow this is from, let's see here, uh, Peoria, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. A loud fracas erupted on the East Bluff when two house guests refused to remove their shoes, prompting neighbors to call police. About 1 a.m. on Thursday, officers responded to the uh, 2200 North Block of Prospect Road on a complaint of loud arguing inside a house, according to a Peoria police report. As officers arrived, a man and a woman burst out the front door yelling hysterically. Police separated the two and then questioned them (laughs) along with a man and woman inside the residence as well. So you've got four people, two men, two women, and it's arguing and it's a fracas, okay? According to uh, their statements, one of the women is 32, lives there. The other is a 28-year-old man who was visiting from out of town. The 29-year-old men live in Peoria, were dropped off for a visit. One said he, quote, messes around with uh, the female resident while his friend was supposed to, quote, hook up with the other woman. But the gathering okay, turned... Okay, so it's two females who are roommates and yeah. two dudes showed up for a little a uh, late night right. hanky-panky, okay. right? Yeah, I got you. But the gathering turned sour shortly after the men arrived. <laughs> the resident asked them to remove their shoes. Reasonable request. But they refused. Then leave. What? <laughs> like, just Wait. leave. Wait. And they were and the woman asked them to remove their shoes, and they were refi- correct. One These of, dudes' priorities are all messed up. Yeah, like you, I don't believe this story now. One of the men said he wanted to keep his shoes on, quote, because there was no carpeting in the house. The report stated, "What? Like, dude, weren't you Wait. hoping the shoes came off at some point, anyways?" All four agreed that the resident got mad and raised her <laughs> voice, but then the stories diverged according to gender. The women said that one of the men dropped his phone, but the man said the resident whacked it out of his hand. The woman told police the phone dropper began to tear up the house, including pulling a TV off a wall mount, the report said. However, the men said the resident was the resident was the one who tore up the house before she pulled a knife out and made threats. What? <laughs> All of this over a simple request to please take off your shoes before late night hanky panky. I'm with the women here though. Yeah. Like what self-respecting guy who thinks he might get lucky gets hung up on shoes? Right. <laughs> like forget about if it's right or wrong to ask somebody to take off yeah, their no. shoes in your house, which it's your prerogative, it's your house. And if you don't like the rules then just freaking leave. But as a man, and this goes back to our conversation about the bachelor somehow being a virgin at age 26, despite looking the way he looks like you, you just, you got yourself like you're in the on deck circle, man. And you're like, no, I don't want to use a bat. Like just, although I, I am envisioning four ugly people here. 
Like I'm seeing this as are there any pictures? ugly people. There are no pictures. There are no pictures. <laughs> it does say because of the conflicting stories, officers could not determine any probable cause for any arrest, so they just shrugged their shoulders and left. I'm, <laughs> I'm seeing. I'm envisioning. I'm envisioning guys missing teeth. And and women who are built like offensive guards. <laughs> That's what I'm seeing here. So like, what, it, isn't the, the correct answer in this case? It's one o'clock in the morning, and you've gone to a woman's house yes. with your buddy, who also has a connection. And again, it's one o'clock in the morning, yeah. and they ask you, "Will you please take off your shoes?" Dude. Isn't the response? Yes. Is there anything else you'd right. like me to take yes. off? I'll take off everything else, too. Thank you very much. In other news. Wow. In other news, and Judd was gracious enough to give me his time in <laughs> other it. news because I have so, there's no way. I have so many tabs open right now. You would think I was doing something very, very different, but no, I'm just doing my job. Uh, this comes from Indonesia, the East, East Java province of Indonesia. Neti Sito, 55, had called police following the sudden death of his daughter, Jumantri. The young woman was found in her bed after suffering an apparent epileptic fit during the night. Tragic. Awful. I'm not making light of that at all. But Mr. Sido had heard rumors his son-in-law accidentally killed her during sex with his huge device and reported it to police. What? Yes. Barca was then asked to show officers his device with members of the grieving family and village officials looking on as witnesses. Probolingo Police Crime Investigation Unit Head Rianto said after seeing directly the device that was thought to be oversized, it turned out to be of the standard size. So right then and there, father-in-law dropped the report. And they apologized to each other. So not only was this guy accused of killing the love of his life, yeah, he then had to go in front of police officers and the family of his the love of his life, show his device, and then be told, "Nah, it's not that." Big. <laughs> I feel I feel like you can't win there. No, like you're either gonna be con- you're either gonna be arrested because of your the size of your device, or the whole town's gonna be like, "That's oh. it." And this all started because the father had ru- heard rumors from other people in the village. Where was this again? That that's what had happened. This happened in Indonesia. Oh, so stuff like this happens all the time in Indonesia yeah. <laughs> and Florida. Crazy. Yeah, in Florida. And, and Tampa, St. Pete. <laughs> so, when I read this story, I felt bad for the guy for the reasons I just laid out for you guys. But how does this? How does a rumor like that start? Unless you're going around bragging about something, you know what I mean? So, I think this is a case of false bravado gone very, very wrong so for whole, this dude. His whole life's work and identity. <laughs> Down the drain. Gone. The fraud. In other news. In other news, from Reuters.com. I need my charger, my laptop. All these tabs are killing my laptop. Yeah, actually, I've got the same problem. I'm down to uh, 11% here with the In other news tabs open. Why aren't you guys plugged in like me? (laughs) All right. This is from London. Suspected organized criminals have been stuffing the bodies of dead rats with drugs, phones, and cash and throwing them over the <laughs> and throwing them over the walls of a British prison to get contraband to inmates, the government said on Monday. 
I love how I love how Reuters just gets right to the point of the story. <laughs> well, Reuters is great. You know, like the some of these other websites are like such and such happened, and this and like ninth paragraph. It's and here's why it's weird. Reuters is like. Nope. Organized criminals are stuffing rats with drugs, phones, and cash and throwing them over the walls of a British prison. Guards at Guy's Marsh Prison in Dorset, southwest England, grew suspicious when they found the bodies of three rats with long stitches along their stomachs. (laughs) Keep going, though, because it gets better. I think you might be stuck. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> they just, I think Rami might have to pick this one up. Do you have the story in front of you? I, I just closed it because right. I thought you were doing it. They, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. They discovered the animals had been disemboweled and filled with five mobile phones and chargers, three what? SIM cards, cigarette papers, and a large amount of drugs, including cannabis and, and the synthetic substitute, as well as tobacco, they added. Quote, This find shows the extraordinary lengths to which criminals will go to smuggle drugs into prison and underlines why our work to improve security is so important, said the prison's minister. The government did not say when the rats were found. uh, Seizures of drugs, mobile phones, and SIM cards rose by 23, 15, and 13% in the last 12 months when just over 20% of tests of inmates were positive for drugs, including new psychoactive substances. Criminals have in the past tried to use tennis balls, pigeons, and drones to bring contraband into prisons. I'm just picturing, how can you fit a cell phone into a rat? I'm just picturing Did a rat. Did you say SIM cards? I'm just picturing a rat that's in the shape of an iPhone. You know what I mean? It's like just flat. Yeah, it's flat. It's got a head on it. In other news. <laughs> All right, let's play Who's Dumber. Uh, it is a related story. An Oklahoma woman faces felony charges after she allegedly used a T-shirt cannon to send a package full of drugs sailing over the wall of a prison, according to KOTV. The woman <laughs> allegedly used a gun to propel a package containing, again, cell phones, earbuds, phone chargers, meth, digital scales, marijuana, and tobacco into the yard at a jail in the southwestern corner of the state. Prison guards saw the airborne goodie bag and locked down the jail before sending the police after the woman's car. She was pulled over near the prison by Oklahoma Highway Patrol, and a search of her car turned up the t-shirt cannon and another package that was intended to go over the wall. Police also searched her home nearly 300 miles from the prison. She drove 300 miles to shoot stuff over a prison wall with a t-shirt cannon and found more drugs. Not surprisingly, she faces charges of introducing contraband into a penal institution conspiracy and drug trafficking. I'm envisioning a side gig for Crunch, the Timberwolves mascot yeah. here. <laughs> Who wants some drugs? He shows up at Stillwater okay, Prison. Okay, Timberwolves fans, it's Tuesday night at Target Center. I'm just picturing like a wacky mix-up. Like a mascot gets her t-shirt cannon by accident. She gets to mascots. And so there are some very disappointed prisoners who are just getting like Rockets t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> no, they'd be thrilled. Don't you know everyone wants a t-shirt? And then a stadium full of people who are getting meth shot at their faces. <laughs> Cocaine explosions in the upper deck. Like that's a good deal. In other news, <laughs> man, man. Okay, uh, that is in other news with Mackie and Judd I still want to know about Robbie. the rats having SIM cards in them. 
Well, the SIM cards are small, right? No, I know, but it's just like you I just like SIM card I just like the, the the amount of things that were in these poor dead rats. <laughs> it's like cigarette paper, a cell phone, and nine SIM cards. Like <laughs> Celtics tickets. Does the rat's stomach, you know, like when I when the phone know, yeah. rings, like does the rat's <laughs> does stomach the rat light up? <laughs> <laughs> the rat starts vibrating. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh. Man, it's playing a pop tune as a ringtone. You know, Federated Insurance <laughs> is here to make sure that uh, we're all being safe. Okay, so it starts with let's not smuggle contraband in with with rats. Okay, that's thing number one. But uh, but specifically on the roads when you're driving, Federated Mutual Insurance Company is urging people to stay rested and alert to make sure fatigue doesn't become an issue. Behind the wheel. In fact, almost seven, uh, almost eight hundred people died in accidents involving drowsy drivers in 2017. Ninety thousand crashes involved drowsy drivers in 2015, and uh, many crashes in which fatigue is a factor involve a single driver with no passengers and happen on rural roads or highways. So, to make sure you're alert on the road, get adequate sleep every day. Take a nap. Nelson Cruz won't have a problem with this. Uh, avoid drinking any alcohol before you start rolling around in your vehicle and uh, keep an eye out for signs of drowsiness for yourself and other drivers. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Judd with Rami, wrap with Ricey next. All right, thank you, Jonathan Harrison. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Twins just sent out five minutes ago their final opening day roster here. just want to make sure that it's not different from what we talked about at the top of the hour. But Pat... I don't know. Am I? Is this revisionist thinking for me? Even with the off days, I feel like previous Twins rosters always had more than eleven pitchers, uh, but they're going with eleven pitchers. Well, it's because, yeah, but it's because they got five days off in the first fifteen days of the season, yeah. so they're only using they're only using four starters. So therefore, Perez is it's they have seven relievers like they usually start with. It's just that one of their starters is a reliever because, uh, yeah, it's a goofy schedule. I'd rather be the Red Sox. They go out to the West Coast and play eleven straight games. You know, by the time you know the Twins will be, the Twins are going to have some busy weeks in the uh, in the middle of the summer with all these off days they got. Uh, it's kind of ridiculous, and it's not. They don't have anything to do with it. They're road. You know, they're going to places who are opening the season, and then they're taking that extra day off, like everybody does. So you know, in case it get rained out or some damn thing. So it's. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lousy schedule, but it gives them a chance to uh, wait a little longer for their Tyler Austin decision because they would like to be able to get something for him. So we we uh, learned today what you talked about a few times from Florida, Patrick. Rocco Baldelli doesn't like to tell you much. We could not, Pat Borzi said, will you tell us what the lineup is for o- opening day, which I think is baseball, right? It's pretty traditional, yeah, like the Star Tribune will print it. Everybody does that. Yeah, Rocco yeah. said, oh, well, well, I'll give that to you tomorrow. Wow. Uh, hey, by the way, is Blanco, is Blanco okay? Uh, we I don't, didn't hear that. We don't, we don't know yet. They, they well, worked I thought out they just th- sent out the roster. They just sent out the roster. Oh, for for the DL. Let me see here if he I mean, was he's on. It. He's on yeah. the roster. I think. Let me. Let he's me on the roster. Okay. All right. Because so he's yes. ready. To McGill, okay. Moya, right. Reed, and Sano are are going to be on the IL. Patrick to start the season. Yeah, I'm having a real hard time with the IL. Have had the disabled people in America finally decided. Uh, the organizations a hundred years later that they're offended by the disabled list. Come on. Uh, let's let's that's so stupid. Let baseball get two letters and say they had to change it to the I L instead of the D L. And baseball writers, 
who I now hear asking the IL question. You're on my list. <laughs> you're blocking. You're what are you going to do? You're what are you going to do? What are you going to do to him? Nothing. I just <laughs> feel, I feel less about them. I feel that they're lesser people than I thought they were. What if your guy Kirchin say says IL, Pat? I'll think less of him, and I'll tell him that. Would you, <laughs> All right. would you hang up on Buster only mid-interview if he says IL? <laughs> no. No, no, I won't. I won't say that, and I'm sure they will. You can say injured list. I, I, I'll accept that because you, you got to ask the question and injured list. But IL, no, I can't take that. Sorry, not IL. What, what it's been is, DL for seventy-five years. It's not all of a sudden it's got the IL. Pat, what is it? What's an updated list of things that get people blocked by you on Twitter? <laughs> not much anymore. Not much anymore. I, I don't know. There's not one that's really got me fired up. I mean, that people don't make tree jokes anymore, or just real cliched responses. That are stupid. Okay, like the poll ads don't spend any money. Blah blah. You know the uh, the same. Oh, the twins. The, the twins don't try to win like Ziggy. Well, you know, and the poll ads are putting twenty million a year in their pocket. Now, I got a question for you. The poll ads supposedly made twenty million last year on the twins. Ziggy made two hundred. Does that bother anybody? Oh, thank you. Yes. Why, why do we never hear that? Why do we never hear that Ziggy made two hundred million? You know, and now he just gave a million of that to the charity that we're all worried about, right? He could have given it to uh, sharing and caring hands, right? He could have given it to somebody else. He gave it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. <laughs> so, Pat, I'm, you know? I'm so I'm so happy you've cut open this vein because. If the NFL didn't have a salary cap, all right, if it was the same yeah. structure as baseball and each team was just yeah. operating within its own financial parameters and, and you had local TV deals, would the Vikings really be spending the same amount of money on their roster as the New York Giants or the Los Angeles Rams? Yeah. No. Yes, it's uh, it's a completely uh, different animal. But uh, the, the uh, I, 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 and as I just said, I, I can't understand why it's offensive for baseball owners to make a few bucks. <laughs> Why is that a crime? I don't get it. It's, uh, and and anyway, that's uh, that's one of the things. But I, I'm I'm having a hard time with this uh, team. I because I, I'm very it's it's very much a mystery to me. I I don't know because you got three guys in the starting rotation that you don't really know about, and uh, you got a bullpen that's really mysterious. You don't have a closer. And uh, did anybody ask uh, Rocco who his closer was there, uh, Jet? No, uh, you got no question. There was you no, got no chance. To, nobody even bothered. You got no, no chance to get that one answered. I wrote a column tomorrow, but I had it. It got a little long, so I, but I had a good cheap shot in there at Rocco's lousy quotes, but I had to take it out. I said something about Molitor gave us more good quotes in eight minutes than Rocco gave us from February 13th on forward. When Molitor was down there for that eight minute, uh, he, he gave the reporters eight minutes and he had more good quips than this guy. Oh, this guy's hard. Hey, Pat, so, so Pat, is this, is this younger baseball people morphing towards football? No, 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 I don't think so. I think it's a morphing towards a new, completely 100% player-centric uh, approach that it's all about whatever 
is going to be the most comforting to players. Uh, I I really think that there's a that, that that's a lot of the movement here. Is it uh, not not is not and I wouldn't say a player's manager because Gardy was kind of a player's manager, but he'd take a shot at a guy once in a while and tell you some truth. This is this is like not even you know not even hinting that someone might have done something poorly you know it's uh, and i think it's uh, it's a it's kind of a new phenomenon of uh, rest and relaxation and, uh, and uh, we're not gonna we, we got the fellas we want them all be in this together and it's uh kumbaya and uh, and i think that's the whole deal that's what i think it's, it's all it's player centric to the to the point I'm wondering if there's going to be responsibility taken if somebody's screwing up badly here. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Does, does, does it accomplish anybody anything? If Is Rocco going to call somebody in behind closed doors and chew his ass? That's what I want to know. I don't know if he is or not. So you're worried about accountability behind the scenes, not necessarily what they're telling to you or anybody else no, holding a microphone I mean, no. or a note. Well, I, I worry about what they're telling me, yes. I'd like them to say something that you could actually bother to write down. Right, but I mean as far as the actual results crap. go. Oh, yeah, yeah, the right. Yeah, I'm just worried about, you know, but where's the line? I But how will you ever know? You're not going to know if somebody's getting screamed at in there or not. I, I don't know if anybody's going to raise hell or not, but... Uh, you know, Ronnie, give me Earl Weaver drunk any day of the week, okay? For <laughs> <laughs> entertainment purposes, for, yes. A, no, for candor, for, you know, having a few drinks in the kids' room was a lot better than this, I'll tell you that. So, anyway. Well, you could drink a, you know, you could drink a smoothie with Rocco Baldelli. In the Didn't the O's play yeah. Fortnite during games in the clubhouse, Pat? No, I thought John no, Lowenstein hey. and Stanhouse would go play Fortnite during games at Memorial mm-hmm. Stadium. Hey, you know how much trouble baseball's in, though, in the pub department? I was looking. ESPN today's got, like, I mean, tomorrow's got, what, three games, right? Three, four games, right? Between yes. ESPN and ESPN2. Yep. I was looking down their schedules tonight, today. Both ESPN and ESPN2, they don't have a baseball tonight. They don't have today from... Eight o'clock this morning until midnight. There was not like an hour devoted yeah. to a baseball preview it's show dead. or anything. It's, it's dead. Incredible. It's like an insert on Sports Center now. I think the show entirely yeah. is dead now. Yeah. Yeah, they, I think they're doing it like maybe one night a week now instead of, or maybe not at all because they're stealing some of MLB.com's mediocre crap. And instead of baseball tonight, which was pretty good, but yeah, it's 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 pretty amazing. Uh, you're not a you're not an intentional. What is it called? Intentional, intentional talk? talk. Yeah, you're not an intentional talk guy, Pat. Silly. Oh no, I'm not. It's uh, it's pretty silly. I I, I haven't found a what what do I like? What's Pedro on Fox? TBS or is he on MLB not? Pedro's on MLB too. Yeah, and TBS. Yes. when I when I turn it on and Pedro's on, I'll listen. He's the only one I like. I don't like any of the rest. No, John Smoltz when he bashes baseball. Yeah, I don't say I don't know. I guess I haven't seen much of him. I, no, I, I if he's not Pedro, I change channels. No Eric Burns, you guys? Oh <laughs> hell. Come on. Eric Burns I don't know. I, hey, by yes, the way, he runs hey, like marathons hey, every day. 
Hey, Phil, I brought this up to Jess earlier today. How rotten does a slogan have to be that the next year you don't even have one? (laughs) 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 This this is how we baseball was so bad, they don't have one this year. They decided to forget it. I, I need more information on the meeting that led to that slogan. Did anyone in the room say, all right, let's play this out. If the team isn't good in August, will this be used yeah. as a punchline? Yes. Yes. And they fired the advertising agency, and they were so mad they fired the manager. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Molitor, dry, just a drive-by a bad, casualty. It, it, it's such a bad slogan. They're never going to have another one. No, but that's the greatest thing, Pat. As I said, it's the great. If, if we get rid of slogans now, it's fantastic. In fairness, Smellum could have gone the wrong way fast as well. Yeah, but that was a player slogan. That's true. In Mike Redmond's defense, that was a player slogan. Well, the worst part of this is how we baseball and the whole campaign was. You know, on our radio station in August, they're still running Byron. Buxton could cover any water, any part of the earth that's not covered, uh, you know, by water. Only raindrops. He can cover. Yeah, in yeah, only raindrops. Yeah, he had to play <laughs> April eighth since he got a headache in April, and the run of the same head. That was the worst campaign yep. in the history of sports. That one so bad they don't even have. It. Uh, Pat, we'll see you at opening day tomorrow. All right, there, Can't Icy. Wait. All right, and don't you. forget, this is our ice. <laughs> Oh. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on demand anywhere you find podcasts scorenorth.com and the all new brand new scorenorth mobile app a couple good places see you at Kieran's Irish Pub tomorrow dog ad um, I'll talk to you later bye